Hello and welcome to the AYO's podcast and our National Music Camp Composers series. We've been hearing from the talented musicians who've taken part in AYO's composition course at camp this year, and I'm joined now by composer Christopher Pantelidis. Hello, Christopher. Hello, Kate. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. Um, so let's start from the very beginning, perhaps. Um, could you tell us when you began composing? I would say when I first began composing was in 2011. I was in year 11 and like I'd been composing before then in high school, but 2011 is when I really started composing works which I would consider serious works. Like they actually had uh, a really good sense of structure and form and they were complete works. Everything else I'd written beforehand was a bit too fragmented and was kind of just me sketching. Just warming up, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> you were yeah. looking so at it that way. I'd say, yeah, 2011 was when I first started writing full, completely conceptualised pieces. Okay, so you have been doing this um, for a little while. Um, yeah. Do you think you could tell us something? Um, every composer tends to have their own unique little quirks when they sit down to write music. Could you tell us about your own compositional process? Yes, of course. So what I usually like to do is have an idea... Of, of what I want the piece to sound like. So not necessarily anything programmatic, but uh, a musical idea that, that can kind of generate a general feel musically for the piece. And usually I start out on paper where I kind of sketch the dot points that I want. If it's a, a music piece that's only one movement long, I kind of do a timeline and kind of map out how long the piece will be and kind of at various points in that structure I might say this is where the climax is going to be and this is what's going to be leading up to and this is the 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 notes that I'm using here something very very like that's very it's very, very mathematical it seems almost yeah well like and for me an important thing with music is structure and so for me in my head having a clear idea of what the structure is going to be and and generally how long things will take to get from one bit of a piece to another bit is good because then music musical ideas need to have the right timing and pacing for them I think to work over an extended period of time and in a piece like like what we had to write for the camp that it, we were basically told it has to be no more than 10 minutes um, it, so that gave us an idea of the time we were working with and the ideas that we could use because sometimes you could have ideas that are too short they don't need that much time to say what they need to say and other times you can have ideas which need a lot more time to, to be used properly. So having a time frame to work with is really helpful in terms of deciding how the structure plays out. My initial writing down on paper is just sketching the overall shape and the feel of the piece oh, that's and, and perhaps that may include something specific melody or, or harmony which I may want to use. Um, like for this piece that I wrote, um, it basically started with the three notes on the vibraphone, the, the G, F, D flat, and everything else I wrote for the rest of the piece basically came from those three notes oh, in oh terms great. of material. So, so th that's something I was going to ask, actually. Um, I know that this piece has got quite an interesting title, and I wondered whether you could tell us um, about your initial ideas and how this piece came to be. Yeah, so I guess it's kind of a bit of a... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a connected process how it all happened. So... When I got accepted into the camp and we were given our initial brief by Jared essentially as to what the piece was for ensemble-wise and how long it was, um, I was looking at the list of percussion instruments that were available to us and I thought, well, this is a nice range of percussion instruments and percussion instruments are generally very interesting to write for. Um, so I went to study that because I'm not a percussionist. I'm a, uh, I'm a wind player as, as a musician. So I, I thought, okay, I need to look into this family of instruments and in one of the videos I watched 
there was a guy who was demonstrating essentially all the aspects of a whole bunch of percussion instruments and he got to the vibraphone and he started bowing the vibraphone and I really liked the quality it had in terms of the really icy sound and the particular, the particular notes he used I really liked in terms of how it set up this atmosphere. And so then that gave me the idea of, oh, I want to use that at the beginning of my piece. Yeah. Um, and it's certainly quite an eerie sound, I think. Yeah, and so from there came, I guess, the title, like the source of inspiration being, you know, this very distant, icy world. Yeah, amazing. Um, so I came along to rehearsal this week to, um, to hear your work in progress, and um, one of the things I thought about a little bit was the fact that the instrumentation is fairly sparse at times, and it leaves the performers quite exposed, especially within those very quiet sections, and I know that can be quite the challenge for performers. Um, let's have a listen to that now. It can often be quite challenging for performers to create that kind of atmosphere. Um, could you talk a little bit about your ideas behind that? Yeah, so like I said, with um, Eris being a dwarf planet and being extremely far from the sun, um, like it's it's three times farther from the sun than what Pluto is. So this is, this is something that's very, very far away. I think it's 14 billion kilometres from the sun. Wow, okay. <laughs> um, it's very far. And so I wanted to depict that sparseness, that icy, distant world. And for me, it was, it was natural to use instrumentation and use the percussion um, and, and harp and piano in a percussive way to kind of create that sparseness and that sound. It, music is all about drama and live performance. So I, I was also trying to, I guess, um, through the creation of this texture, in a way, give the performers a chance to, to be dramatic in the sense of the, the sparsity of, of all the music that they were playing at the beginning. Um, and when you heard your piece played in rehearsal, um, did you know, was there anything you noticed that you hadn't noticed before as a result of hearing it live for the first time? Um, it's really hard to say. I was, I was, everything that I'd written, I, w I was pretty happy with in terms of what I was initially writing. Obviously, there was, you know, people learning parts and, and the fact that, you know, it's, it's a very tricky opening in terms of just how, in terms of just how um, separated all the ideas are and how do you put that together in a way that makes musical sense. But nothing really was unexpected to me. Like, I was, it was great to hear, uh, you know, real people play the part so I guess that that surprised me in a way that sometimes it's just it's amazing to hear what I'd written sound so good with yeah. real people as so opposed a, re to a reassuring experience then I suppose yeah. In this case. yeah and I guess just like for me even though I'd been writing this piece for a week and listening to MIDI playback it was the first time that I actually heard the piece it was the first time that the piece truly came to life off the score yeah, I guess what I learned was how it's how it actually sounded in real life as yeah. opposed to on a computer program now, you're a little bit of an advocate for contemporary classical music, and <laughs> I wondered if you would be able to shed a bit of light for us. Um, contemporary music, I know, sometimes gets a bit of a bad rap for being inaccessible, and as a result, a lot of classical music lovers steer well clear of it. Um, what would you say to somebody who's looking to explore this genre? 
I think that's a very good question. Um, I'm glad you think I'm an advocate for contemporary <laughs> music because I, I, I just write the music which I like to listen to. Um, I guess the main thing I would have is to keep an open mind. Um, it's very easy to walk into any experience, be it musical or, or otherwise, with an expectation of what you want to hear. And sometimes it can cut you off from experiencing something that you weren't expecting and actually enjoying in that uncertainty. So I'll just say keep an open mind, be patient and and try and look for those things that, that unify a piece of contemporary music and, and see if, the, if those things speak with you or resonate with you. you. Like you don't have to like the music to understand how it's made or how it's constructed or, or how it is in its own right, um, you know, a unique expression. Um, so basically keep looking for that thing that you can take away from it. Yeah, and, and you know, understand that all composition is an expression of, of something, um, whether it be, you know, a melody or, or, or harmony or even, you know, a political meaning. Um, and it's, it's in there in the music. And so just be patient and keep an open mind and, and take something away that you enjoy and, and see if you can turn that into something that makes you understand well, what, what the music is. I hope that has opened a few ears um, to the intriguing world of contemporary music. And Christopher, it's been great to have you here with us today. So thank you very much for stopping by. Um, to finish the program today, we'll hear a few more excerpts from Christopher's very intriguing 136199 Iris. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> 